Hello, and welcome to The Goldmine, where you can find new investment insights from your favorite financial writers every day. I'm Barry Ritholtz, and this is my top 10 rules for money. Creating lists is a useful way to organize your thoughts. I've created lists of rules for investing, valuation, stock tips, gold buggery, even useless financial phrases to avoid. I find these exercises to be valuable ways to figure out what I actually think. Thinking about money, saving it, spending it, and most of all, how to invest it, is something I have spent decades doing. This has led to recognizing several fundamental truths about capital. Naturally, I've organized these into a list of rules. These are my top 10 rules for money. Number one, investing is both simple and hard. The basic premise behind successful investing is easily understood. Quote, invest for the long term, be diversified, watch your costs, and let compounding work its magic. Unquote. But following through can be challenging. Humans are plagued by an inability to just sit there and do nothing. Failing to do nothing leads to costly errors and loss of capital, all of which erodes returns. Understanding what is required is very different than being able to do what is required, regardless of the circumstances, for decades on end. This leads us to number two. Behavior is everything. The inability to manage emotions and behavior is the financial undoing of many. To paraphrase William Bernstein, the money manager who is also a neurologist, quote, the extent you succeed in finance is based on your ability to suppress your limbic system. And if you can't do that, you're gonna die poor, unquote. Even the greatest stock pickers will underperform if unable to control their emotional impulses. Allowing those emotional hot buttons to get pressed is how people go wrong in investing. There simply are no shortcuts or secrets or get-rich schemes that work. Well, not except my three-day workshop where I reveal the secrets of the ultra-rich for the low, low price of $4,995. If you want to sign up, go to thesecretstofabulouswealth.com. Sign up here. Number three, moderation in all things. Think of the majority of the assets in your portfolio. Hopefully, a diversified global mix of passive index funds as the basic meat and potatoes of investing. You can add seasonings, herbs, vegetables, spice it up, and add some flavor. Want to do some early-stage investing in tech startups? Maybe some real estate speculation. Perhaps a few private equity investments in non-public businesses? Maybe even a fun trading account? Hey, I don't have any problems with any of that, just so long as it meets two conditions. First, understand that the odds of success are against you. Billions and billions of dollars are aggressively competing in the same space for returns. These professionals are always searching for an edge, and even when they find one, it's still no guarantee of success. Second, if you're going to play in these fields, well, it should be a small enough chunk of your liquid net worth, maybe 5 or 10%. That's enough to provide you with a little fun and intellectual stimulation. Maybe you even discover you have a knack for some of these types of investing. But the amount should be small enough that if the investment blows up, it won't affect your financial plan. Number four, risk and reward are inseparable. Risk is best defined as the probability of your returns differing from your expected outcomes. 
The problem is that many investors want better than market returns while assuming less than market risk. That's not how it works. Returns are a function of the risk you assume. Hey, look at risk-free U.S. treasuries. They yield almost nothing. You want to do a little better? You have to own equities. But that adds a little risk. It adds volatility and drawdown and the possibility you'll not get the numbers you're looking for. If you want even higher returns than equity, well, look for the low beta stocks that have the potential to do better or worse than the market as a whole. Number five, spend less than you earn. Budgeting is simple. Income goes on this side of the household balance sheet. Expenditures goes on that side. Make sure the latter is lower than the former. Hey, it's just that easy. Now, I don't have any tolerance for the spending scolds who wag their fingers and tell you never buy a boat and don't get a new car, never own a sports car, don't buy lattes. This is lazy, ignorant advice given out by people who are charlatans and frauds who just don't understand basic math. If they did, they would add the phrase, if you cannot afford it. If you can't afford a boat, don't buy a boat. If you can't afford a sports car, don't buy a sports car. But if you can afford a latte, if you can afford a sailboat, and that's what you really want, who the hell are these people to tell you not to go buy it? This is really simple stuff. Buy what you and your family decide you want to purchase, but only if you can afford it. Spend money however you want, preferably thoughtfully. People often skip purchases they can afford out of some misplaced sense of guilt. Number six, leverage kills. Using borrowed money for nearly anything is a negative manifestation of the three prior rules. Yes, you can use a mortgage to buy a house, assuming you can afford it, but never use borrowed money to buy speculative assets that are subject to further capital calls. Number seven, understand your role. The markets are populated by all kinds of people. There are traders and investors, hedgers and speculators. They all have different risk tolerances, different time horizons, very different financial goals. Don't assume that what any of America's 800 billionaires has to say about the markets or the economy or investing is remotely relevant for your needs. Their goals are likely very different than yours. Number eight, be aware of your own limitations. What gets so many investors into trouble is not what we don't know. It's what we know for sure that just ain't so. Understanding the limitations of your cognitive errors and your belief systems, hey, that's just a start. It's important to know what inadequacies you have financially, emotionally, and behaviorally. Operating outside of your own capabilities is a good way to run into trouble. Number nine, own it. You're responsible for your own financial well-being. Not the Federal Reserve, not the government, not whichever huckster is yelling the loudest on TV at the moment. You alone must accept responsibility for your portfolio, for your investments, for your saving, for your spending. The sooner you take ownership of your financial circumstances, the better off you'll be. Number 10, invest in yourself. This might be the most important investment you could make. Educate yourself. Develop an expertise. Add to your professional skill stack. And invest in your future by making sure you fully fund your retirement accounts every year. Pay yourself first. Make those long-term investment needs before spending on short-term wants. That's about as much of a scold as I can muster. Hey, after I made my list, I asked Twitter folks for their favorites. The result was hundreds of suggestions. Consider them an a la carte menu showing both breadth and depth. 
My final admonition is perhaps the most important rule of all. Behave. As noted throughout the entire list above, ill-advised decision-making and poor behavior are among the biggest reasons why many fail to meet their financial goals. Everything listed above, either directly or indirectly, refers to behavioral issues dressed up a little bit in the lexicon of finance. My advice to you, go make a list of rules and then follow it. Your future self will thank you. For more from me, check out The Big Picture at Ritholtz.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is brought to you by Ritholtz Wealth Management. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities mentioned on this podcast. If you're new to investing, check out liftoffinvest.com to get started with us today. Sorry.